welcome back to another edition of the Camera Brooks Podcast, Above and Beyond. Uh, we've got a special edition of, the, of our podcast. Uh, we've done this previously, but I'm going to interview our Vice President, Joel Junker, and we're going to talk a little bit about... Um, a little bit about 2018, about our company, about some of the things that we did and were able to accomplish. I want to share uh, some of this information with you all to get to kind of give you some more insight into Camera Brooks, who we are, what we do. But before we do that, I want to start off with a happy new year. Hope everyone's new year was uh, was meaningful and restful, and everyone's off to a great 2019. Joel, welcome to the welcome back to our podcast. All right. Thanks, Pete. Look forward to talking a little bit about 2018. I know you said you're going to interview me, but I think you'll yeah. equally have some things to, to add as well. Well, I thought there was a couple of topics that you and I talked about um, talked about covering during this podcast. And so the first thing I'd like to do is I'd like to start by talking a little bit about some of the companies that we partnered with, some of the companies we saw, those who offered officers, those, uh, you know, officers who accepted some of those offers, et cetera. So can you share with us just initially maybe some of the perhaps recognizable company names that we saw in 2018, those who hired military officers? Yeah, I think I would like to, I'm definitely going to answer your question and get some yep. information to the, to the listeners, but I want to kind of start bigger picture, mm-hmm. Pete, on that because um, you know, what we went back and looked at 2018 and just the exceptional job that Chuck Alvarez, our CEO does, Lauren Kordzik, Megan Miller, and Mary Lou, that team does in getting companies to come to the career conference um, with open positions. They, I mean, I can't think of any of the five conferences where, where we averaged probably up to, you know, 45 interviewing rooms going on, if you will, that we didn't have a decision maker in any of those rooms. And I think it's a big deal because then that, what that's lended itself to is that we had um, many, a variety of companies that have attended and and hired people last year. Mm -hmm. I think we said we had over a hundred different divisions of companies. Because, you know, you might have a Johnson & Johnson come, but have their pharmaceutical, couple of pharmaceutical businesses or the vision care business or a medical device business come and offer. And they really operate as separate companies. Well, we had 106 different types of companies and divisions make offers to our candidates over five conferences last year. And I think that says a lot about the power of, the, of a junior military officer, a very good one the value that the Cameron Brooks officer brings to corporate America and what they value in them. And so to come back and answer your question, some of those companies that they will be easily be recognizable that were recruiting from Cameron Brooks last year. And many of these have been long-term companies Mm -hmm. uh, like Johnson and Johnson was a company that had been to many conferences and they've been recruiting from us for, 50 years since Roger started this, but Boston Scientific, Stryker Medical, Ernst & Young, or they call themselves EY now. Um, some of you might even know Carlson Wagenlit, the travel service, uh, Motorola, um, KeyBank. Some people might be familiar with that, depending on the geography. Certainly USAA, 
of uh, everybody's familiar with them. And, and I just a note on USA, hey, um, what we the work we did with them was really in their data analytics um, part of their business. And um, just big data right now is a um, a mega trend with all the information uh, that is being transacted. Companies, every, recruiting firms, we're using big data. USA is using big data. Pharmaceutical companies to make decisions and bring better product offerings. Um, uh, I would say another company that stands out, Mars. Everybody probably knows Mars is a, a confectionery company, but actually their pet care business is their their uh, their largest business. And then Michelin, uh, Eli Lilly. Some people might be familiar with them, the largest pharmaceutical manufacturer of insulin in the, in the world. Um, and there's and there's many more. But so those are the, some that kind of just set the top, the tip of my tongue. Oh, Exxon Mobil. Yeah. As well. Um, we could, could probably go on and on. I don't want to hit yeah. any of them, but those are some of the top ones there. Um, well, there, and there was, I was kind of looking at, looking at a list as you were talking and others like Godiva, Chocolatier, uh, Motorola, very well-known name, Medtronic and other medical companies. So yeah, we, we, and then, you know, as I, it's funny, as I was looking at all of the over a hundred companies that you talked about divisions, or I should say divisions of companies, there's a lot of companies that um that you know maybe aren't household names but are leading in their industry and i know that um, you do a good job of sharing some of that information with officers as they're preparing to come to the next conference but i just think it's interesting that many of the names on this list are names that aren't again aren't household names because they're companies that are doing business with other companies they're not necessarily trying to market to you and me as as consumers they're they're you know again doing business with other business so it's just a really neat list of companies who came and wanted to go outside the box and bring in frankly a non-traditional business candidate a jmo and bring that bring that military leadership into the organization yeah yeah absolutely you talk about some of those companies that they may not have heard of. One of them companies I talk about pretty frequently is MCOR because their CEO is a West Point graduate. Um, and they are a Fortune 500 company. But unless you're in the, the, the career field or the industry of doing facilities, engineering, facilities, maintenance, it's not something you'd really be um, associated with. Or even AP Networks, um, which at one time stood for Asset Protection Networks. Now they're just it is true the name AP Networks, and that's a small company, it's like 50 to 60 people, but they are the consulting firm in their industry that specifically works with um, companies like BP and uh, ExxonMobil and um, major paper uh, pulp plants, chemical facilities, and how to do multi-million dollar best practices for multi-million dollar turnarounds. So you talk about a company that's using big data, we talked about earlier, they use big data to say, these are the best, best practices in that. Um, Assurian is a six and a half billion dollar company or more um, privately held. And I bring that out to you because the person, one of the people that was involved in starting that as a, a JMO, one time former, an, an academy graduate. And they are the, they provide all the uh, handset uh, protection insurance, but also the fulfillment of, Something should go wrong, but they're also getting into warranties for other electronics and mm -hmm. also the customer support. 
um, you know, there's just, you know, we, oh, Elago Energy at the last conference too, that just came to the last one. They're one of the Inc. Magazine's 50 fastest growing small companies or something like that was the energy for consumer energy gets deregulated. You don't have to buy it just from your, your regulated co-op anymore. More and more companies come in and offer electricity and they don't make electricity. They're just finding ways to, um, price it differently and you end up getting it through the same per through the same organization. So I think it's just really unique. And, and cause sometimes, you know, you and I will both hear is, um, well, what kind of companies who's out there, but here you've got a small 50 person company that's rapidly growing. That's an energy deregulation. You've got a company that is, you know, small or private, not small, privately held six and a half billion dollar company that's doing insurance, but warranties and, and is actually a really innovative company to the medical device companies we've talked about, to consulting, banking, financial services, big data. Um, another company that people probably haven't heard of much before is Cypress Semiconductor. But if you have an Apple product, there's a good chance that uh, their semiconductor is in one of those Apple products that they have a, a really, they used to at least have a big relationship with them. So um, I think that's what I would probably say, not just, hey, everybody there, listen to these great names, but it's the depth and the variety of these companies that come to the conference. And um, I think I was twice on the phone today talking to people and they're like, Joel, I just don't know what I want to do. I said, like, great. That's good. You know, you're right. at the right place. The yeah. value that we are going to offer is that you get to explore your full marketability. So if you don't know you want business analysis or if you don't know you want banking or financial services, or if you don't know you want high tech, but you think you might, it's a great place to explore that because you get to compare it against those other opportunities. Um, so if you have 12 interviews, you probably see some medical. With this last year, see some medical, healthcare, uh, maybe biopharmaceuticals, some, some financial services, some tech, uh, maybe some consumer packaged goods, and really find that right fit. You mentioned Carlson Wagenlid earlier, and, and, and even in the military, I remember using that service. And But if you recall, and I think this was, a, they they came to an, a conference early in the year, but they were really looking for an IT function within the organization, IT program, if I'm not mistaken, project or program management. It would, you know, it's a travel company, but the function of the work was more IT related. Am I, am I thinking about that right? That's exactly right, because in the end, it's an IT company. I mean, that's what travel is now. It's about, it's about data and it's about creating a user experience. Um, and most of what Carlson Wagen is doing is not to the consumer, but they create platforms for uh, businesses to use for their corporate travel. And the, the best, the most efficient, easiest way is to put that in the hands of the company to be able to do that. Now, certainly they have call centers and things like that. And the person that they hired last year was a uh, West Point nuclear engineer, Army combat engineer. He didn't have any IT experience, and um, he probably had some coding and circuits and things like that at, in college, but what he had was the mindset for program management, project management. He had a mindset for risk mitigation, and he'd done some reading on project management and agile and knew a little bit about Scrum. So for those of you that are listening that don't know what those are, those are iterations of the different types of project management that 
Google that and read a little bit about it. Um, so he had some of that knowledge and he didn't have networking or cybersecurity, but he had the mindset and the aptitude for it. One of the things, before we move on to a different topic, there is an interesting point that I would love to get your comment and perspective on. So not quite half, but kind of butting up to almost half of the divisions that made offers and hired military officers last year had been to a conference previously, but not within the last year. And they came back in 2018 to hire. Maybe they'd come to a conference in 16 or in 2009 or whenever it was. Can you just kind of speak to the depth of the company's, you know, maybe the network that Cameron Brooks has in terms of you know, why companies maybe, again, they don't come to conference after conference, but, you know, again, not quite, but almost half of the divisions who hired last year weren't at a conference the year prior to that. Yeah, the companies um, are going to, when they recruit from Cameron Brooks, they're looking for, the best way to put it, a complex candidate. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some complexity, or a, they're, they're trying to fill a complex position. So they need a unique candidate. That's a way to say it. And one might even say, well, gosh, what's so complex about being a logistics supervisor? Well, the complexity in there would be you need to be a team player. You got to be a team leader. Logisticians, really good team leaders in logistics, analyze and solve problems and continue to improve processes and systems. And they're not looking for that person just to fill that initial position. They're typically looking at, hey, where are the next two to three steps after that? So we're not going to be a, well, we have companies that consistently come back and are at, have a presence at many conferences, even Boston Scientific. When they come back, they're not always looking for the same positions and roles. They're looking at different varieties and roles across the organization. And the point I'm making in this is why would somebody come back and be a year off, is that a bad thing? No, it actually says a lot about the depth and breadth of our companies and what they're coming for. It's not a volume. They're not, they want to hire somebody that can help them with their most critical openings. And it's not just the immediate opening, the part of their succession planning about their leadership bench strength and depth. And the upside is that of that is that because of that relationship, the companies are coming, you're a known entity, the JMO is a known entity to them. They're not looking just to fill a role. They're looking to fill a position that they're gonna, they're gonna use a lot, this, the skills that they developed and created in the, in, in the military beyond just, I'm just gonna be a leader, but it's the leader with the problem solving, the project management, humility, learning agility, all those things. And that's why, I think what Cameron Brooks offers is different than, say, for example, there's many companies that have veterans rotational programs. And if we, if that's what we did, if that's what we focused on, we would have the same companies coming, all the same companies coming, coming to each conference over and over and over again, because there's not a lot of selectivity in them. There might, now, there might be selectivity of saying, like, we want this type of degree. We want this GPA, this many years of experience, but there's not selectivity to really dive into somebody and interview and get to know them. And what type of leader are they really? What are their strengths? What are, what is their mental models and the way that they think? So where is the best position to, 
for them to start. So instead of what they're doing is coming in and saying, hey, if they make these objective criteria, we interview a lot and bring a lot in as long as they meet this objective criteria. And then we're going to rotate them around and see where they fit. But at the end, you don't know which job you're going to get into. Our companies, when they come, there's a specific job. There's a, and there's a complexity to it. And they're looking for there are a variety of types of people, but there's beyond just what's on that resume. It's the way you think, the way you lead, the way you communicate, the stories that you bring. And I think that ties back in. That's why I brought that up. It ties back into why would companies come back after not being there 18 months? Because they're going to they're gonna come back for that unique position. And I was talking to a recruiter from uh, one of our uh, companies, I believe this was at the June career conference. I remember it very well. She says, boy, we've just been waiting to come back. We just haven't had the right roles or the level of roles that we, th that your candidates, meaning the Cambridge candidates, really deserve to interview. We don't want to bring just any role. We want to bring the right roles for them. I think that's what really says why company would take some time off, not take time. They're not taking time off. They, they want to make sure they bring the right positions, not just any position. You mentioned rotational programs where companies don't necessarily different, you know, strongly differentiate one military officer's background from another. And can you speak, you know, we've, we've had officers who have shared with us why they're interested or why they may be attracted to a rotational program. In your experience in, in interacting with some of those officers, what are they telling you? What's interesting about a rotational program? First, the rotational programs have been around for um, 15 years or more. I mean, started off with GE, started doing one like it, and um, and and now there's more and more of these. And the what I when I talk to officers that are interested in it. And it's because of the, the unique opportunity they see to be able to explore a lot of different places in the company and see a lot of different things. And the value that is presented is that this is a great foundation. But what I have learned by talking to people who have actually been through it, or we have talked to people that have been involved with these things, is that well, that seems like you're getting a foundation. You're not hired, in, the downsides, they're not hired into a specific position. You don't know when you get put into this program what role you're actually gonna end up going into at the end of the rotation. And so you, you end up rotating and you're gonna end up going into the role that may or may not be something that you want to do or that you're going to like, but what's available to you or to that person at the end of the program or where you kind of, they, what they think of you at the end. So what they're doing is, is the, the companies are doing it, and you've got great name companies and great industries that are doing this. They're, they're, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's an easier way to recruit, meaning we don't really have to try to differentiate who the, the players are, their strengths, and we've got to just really make sure they hit these certain boxes. Then we're going to bring them in and rotate and see where they fit. But where you fit and where you may want to go may not match up. And you end up with a misfit 
or a role that you're not really all that excited about at the end, you really didn't get that great of a foundation because the role that you're in for a year to two years is not a role with design to really have projects and, and real responsibility and leveraging the leadership. And so you might be learning. You're really not developing and growing two separate things. Learning, but are you developing and growing by delivering value? I think there's a couple things on the rotational program. They sound good, but there's variability at the end because the variability is not taken out in the beginning. What role am I going to go into? How will I leverage my leadership? Where does this path lead to in the future? Instead, it's come around and ro rotate and learn, and we'll see where it goes. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned Chuck Alvarez, Mary Lou White, Lauren Korzik, Megan Miller. It, it, you know, they spend, and we, we've had this conversation, and of course, where, where you are in this office, where I am in this office, we hear a lot of those conversations, where they spend so much time teaching companies and some companies already know some like you mentioned Johnson and Johnson Exxon Mobil these companies have been hiring from Cameron Brooks for you know decades at this point half, uh, uh, half a century um but they spend that those individuals in our organization just spend so much time helping companies understand a military officer's background and it's work on the front end for these companies to try to kind of really get a grasp for what a military officer might bring to the organization, therefore finding these highly complex jobs that you described earlier, you know, it feels like the rotation program is just easier, like, hey, let's just kind of hire a swath of JMOs and we'll kind of figure it out as we go, where, you know, I hear Chuck and that team over there really, really describing and explaining and teaching and and having important conversations about just how much value military officers can bring. And I think that's why, at least one of the reasons, really reiterating what you said, one of the reasons why companies are so willing to attend a camera works career conference and represent open positions that they're actively trying to fill, putting high-performing military officers directly into roles and having them you know, make an impact right off the bat. I heard, I heard uh, recently in the meeting that you and I were in, Joel, we heard somebody say, you know, it's almost a comparison. If you were going to give a military officer a choice between going into a specific role, let's say in the army, it would be a company commander or in the Navy, maybe a, um, a department head role going straight into a role that has specific um, responsibilities and specific leadership um, requirements, et cetera, versus going into maybe a, a higher level staff role where they can get a, a little bit of everything in order to learn before they actually go do the work. I think most military officers would say, no, put me in, put me in coach, give me, give me the leadership role right away and allow me to be successful. So I thought that was a good way to think a little bit about rotation programs. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, if you, what the, a rotational program will often do, what they're trying to do is take the variability, because it's hard. That, you know, you're, the military officer is a non-traditional person that they're hiring, so it's hard to tell who they're going to be the top performing ones, unless you know how to vet them. And so you vet them based on some resumes and objective criteria, you know, schools, GPAs, degrees, maybe branches. And then let's bring them in, let's observe them and bring them in. But it's expensive. It's an expensive way to recruit, not to get them in, but before you're actually delivering value. 
but they're willing to take that to do that. Whereas what we're doing is in, and I shouldn't say we're doing, because we have had a couple of companies that do rotation programs, but the reason why we don't have a lot of them is that when the companies come to us, there's two reasons why we don't have a lot of them. When the companies come to us, hey, we're going to take the variability out of you having to figure out who the fits are, because we're going to go out front. We interview a lot of people. We don't know who the companies are going to come to when we meet a candidate and we're going to accept them and bring them to our, or, into our organization and schedule for a conference. But we know that they're going to, we know when we accept them, they're going to have, they've got great leadership skills. They qualify for many different types of categories. They've got great learning agility. They're humble. They're hungry. And so those are the kind of the big things what all companies are going to look for. And then we are, our client company side is teaching the companies about the military backgrounds, the different types of backgrounds that fit with their positions that they're looking for. And then we don't, we don't like, we we match companies and positions, candidates and to, to com, company openings to the candidate backgrounds, candidate backgrounds to company positions. It's not like we're choosing; we're matching. We're building that bridge to create the match based on the candidate preferences and background, based on the company requirements. And then they interview, and you find the fits, and you take all that takes the variability out of the candidate and the company. So versus rotating around. So that's a big reason why we don't have the rotational um, program. We don't see as many of those rotational programs. The other reason why we don't see a lot of them, my experience in my 20th year is when they have come, and we've had a few of them come, they don't compete as well. Gosh, really? Why? I mean, that is that, you know, good name companies. That is you know, just a great name company. But I go back to the point that Pete's making. When they get compared to, would you rather go start in right now the position that after you finish the rotational program, a similar level role, similar level company that you would finish that rotational program, would you rather start there or do you want to rotate around for a couple of years? The thing is, the roles that we begin, you're not going to rotate around but you are gonna get ex tons of exposure in those roles. I love to tell the story about Josh Buchanan who was working at a um, company uh, called Reynolds Consumer Products. He was making hefty trash bags. And the reason why I just, I love this is because as soon as I say that everybody's like, holy cow, is this what we're talking about complex position? Yeah, yeah because of the all the lean that was going on, all the Six Sigma that was going on that he had to handle, the technical piece of it, team leadership. But then Josh was a high potential leader, so they put him on a committee with the CEO to on product innovation. And he was with marketing, with sales. And so Josh was getting exposure to leading teams, to technical, to lean, to Six Sigma, to the higher level leadership. To marketing and to sales. After I think he three or four years of being a team leader, he ended up going into a marketing field marketing role. He didn't need a rotational program to get the exposure. He just was a development candidate in a real role designed to create value for the company, and he was doing it. And he was getting exposure at the same time. And so I think that it, it is good. If I was a JMO, I was like, yeah, I want to get out. I want to get exposure. I don't know a lot about business. I want to find the right fit. So it sounds good, but there's a downside to that. It's in the military, you wouldn't want to be 
a be an officer and have two to three years of unrated time where you're not actually building accomplishments and building a skill set. Same really is in the business world. I want to I want to land the plane here, but before we go, I want to ask you. I'm gonna I'm gonna ke- maybe catch you off guard a little bit because this is not a question we talked about before. But I want to ask you. It's been a great year for two that in 2018. We worked with some phenomenal military officers, some excellent companies, and we've helped military officers do these broad searches, find the right fit, get in, and really make an impact. What do you think has been your most memorable moment of 2018? Wow, you really did throw me throw me off there, but I I've got it. Took me a moment, but I've got it. And my memorable moment is we're going to talk about Brian and I think you might know you might know who I'm talking about. Brian did not have the credentials. And Brian's OER evaluations were very good, but he didn't have the right degree. And and he didn't have all the right experiences. He had really good evaluations. It was a little bit outside the box. But my most memorable moment was I interviewed him and I wasn't sure. Because if we don't want to accept somebody and bring them to the court program and commit to them, if we don't know if they're going to be successful or not, we got to believe that they're going to be on some interview schedules successful. And what I remember about it is that you met him. Yeah, like, yes, we should partner with Brian, and here's why. He's got the partnership, the humble, hungry piece that makes up for not having all these credentials. And I was concerned until you came to the conference. And I was even concerned while well, he was at the conference. And it was interesting, right before that conference, at that same conference, I made a mistake. Uh, there was a candidate that wasn't doing the preparation, wasn't getting the resume done on time, um, wasn't quite fully there, but I kept kind of like helping them along, bringing them along. And that candidate, not Brian, the other candidate, didn't do well. It didn't work. And, and I, I, I take responsibility for the candidate knew that, but I didn't take enough responsibility to say, this is a 50-50 partnership. And when it's not 50-50, it's not gonna work. If any time the candidate or JMO partnering with us feels like they're doing more than their 50%, it's not gonna work. If we ever feel like we're doing more than our 50%, it's not gonna work. Whereas on the other side, Brian was the first person to accept a position out of his conference. And that was the highlight of my year. I was so proud of him. I was proud of what I learned and how important that 50-50 is. And that 50-50 partnership can be, it can just, I mean, it's powerful. It it doesn't, I don't think the 50-50 makes 100% when it's done that way. It's really great. And I think I look back on the year, it's something that it was super memorable. It reminded me that, yep, credentials are important, but it reminded me in the end, it's like what Patrick Lencioni read, wrote about my ideal team, team player. You got to be a humble, hungry, smart person. That's what people want. And as Chuck told us the other day, and, you know, we need leaders 
that are um, are talented, that have a partnership mindset, because they're going to have that same mindset when they go to their company. And they're they're gritty, and that's what Brian let's do is gritty. Worked hard, read the books, took some classes, worked really hard on his communication skills. That is the most memorable um, part of 2018 for me, and um, and I wanted to share that with with everybody because I think that no matter how great your resume and credentials are, in the end, it's only going to take you so far in the interviewing. And as soon as you get into a company, it's only going to take you so far. In the end, what's going to take you over the top for everybody, for all of us, is being that giver mindset and have, being gritty. Great. Thank you, Joel. I pre- I'm looking forward to another great year, Camera Brooks working with officers, working with companies. Got a, we got a lot of things teed up for the January conference, which is just right around the corner. But uh, thanks for a couple, taking a couple minutes here today, kind of talking a little bit about 2018, some of the trends and things we've seen. Look forward to a great 2019. Yeah, thank you, Pete. Thank you, everybody. Have, happy New Year. Happy New Year.